The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with you my four simple tips on self-love. You see, so many people are looking for love, and what they do not realize is that they need to learn to love themselves first in order to have a healthy, loving relationship with someone else or their soulmate. In a Psychology Today article by April Eldemeyer stated that more self-love will attract healthier relationships. So tip number one is forgive yourself and others. When you are holding on to bitterness for someone else or for yourself, forgiveness is essential. Remember, forgiveness is letting go of the bitterness so you are free to love instead. Tip number two, stop comparing yourself. So often we compare ourselves to others wishing we had someone else's looks, their money, the relationship, the car, the house. But when you compare yourself to someone else, all you're doing is reinforcing that you're not good enough and you are good enough. Tip number three, stop criticizing yourself. That critical voice in your head is sabotaging any chance to love yourself and to love someone else. Instead, talk to yourself like you are talking to a child that is upset, being gentle and compassionate. And lastly, tip number four, accept yourself. You need to work on accepting yourself exactly the way you are. Understand and know that you are perfect. So if you'd like to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.sandyscarlotta.com. So thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is Cindy Villanueva. Cindy is an inspirational writer with a passion for helping women achieve lives of strength Enjoy. She is a seventh degree black belt master instructor and owner of the Ernie Reyes World Martial Arts in Austin, Texas. That is incredible. Her love of teaching led her to become an adjunct professor at Concordia University, Texas, where she teaches undergraduate marketing and graduate marketing management and leadership. She speaks regularly on leadership and women in business. Cindy is going to share with us about her book. Don't Fight Mad, A Black Belt's Quest to Recapture Joy. And she is going to map out for us all the steps that she uses to really just, you know, get right back into the ring when you have these life derailments. So stay tuned. This is a really great interview. Cindy, hello. How are you today? 
I am well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And you're you're so patient. I love that when, <laughs> when we have little tech issues before we get, get started, but it, it's all working. So yay. <laughs> all right. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Of course. So it sounds like you have a really interesting story. And I, I love to hear people's stories. That's what this podcast is all about. And it sounds like you've had some things you've had to deal with in life. And <laughs> I don't know the whole story, which is perfect because I, I like to hear it, you know, for the first time. So, so what is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I was born in California um, to a very wonderful, loving family. Uh, my dad was uh, a migrant farm worker, came from Mexico. And when we were growing up, he, I have a younger brother, he really stressed education. And we worked really hard in school, and I did very well in school, and I went off to college, and I was kind of the golden girl in my family because, again, you know, they come from just such poverty and so I went off to UCLA and thinking that my life was you know all mapped out I was gonna go to UCLA and get a degree in political science and then I was gonna come back to Northern California and go to law school and one day I would be a senator from the great state of California I had the whole thing mapped out wow. I was gonna, no, that's incredible <laughs> yeah I was one I was that kid <laughs> And uh, I had no intention of being married, had no intention of having children. And then my freshman year in college, I got pregnant. And okay. well, uh, life happens when we're busy making other plans, right? Indeed. <laughs> indeed. And I came home and I had a baby and uh, had some time where I thought I would, uh, you know, try to make it work with uh, my daughter's father. And that ended up being a, a total disaster. And um, you know, domestic abuse. And so then I tried raising her by myself. I ended up getting married when she was three and had a couple more kids, had my two older sons, um, was married and was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. Um, that marriage ended and then I was single for eight years and, um, you know, just devoted myself to my sons because my daughter was moved out by that point and, um, you know, tried to figure out what on earth I was going to do with my life that had gone completely different direction than I'd intended and had always kind of dabbled in school because I always had my parents' voice in the back of my head saying, you know, education, education. And so I ended up, uh, you know, getting my bachelor's degree finally when I was 40 years old. And Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, did it at night, went, worked all day long trying to keep a roof over our heads and raising my sons and ended up remarrying um, after eight years of being divorced. And uh, that was another disaster, much worse even than the first. Oh my um, gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it, it, There's so much to learn from every one of these sort of life derailments. And I ended up getting my MBA when I was 50. Um, I wrote a book about the whole experience when I was uh, 59 was when I published my book, Don't Fight Mad. And in the midst of all of that, when my kids were, let's see, 8, 10, and 13, they started doing martial arts. And I started doing it with them just to have something fun to do with them. 
and ended up learning some incredible, valuable life lessons that really informed the book. And the title of the book, Don't Fight Mad, actually came from a time when I was probably a blue belt. So, I mean, I wasn't even a, a black belt at that point. And whenever I would spar, if somebody would score points on me, I would get so angry and I would just fight harder and fight harder. And I had an instructor one time who stopped me and he said, Cindy, don't fight mad. When you fight mad, you don't see what's coming and you miss opportunities. Mm. And talk about a life lesson. I mean, yeah. that's something you should tattoo on your arm, right? right. And so I have remembered that for 20 years and it really, you know, that became the title of the book because it was just perfect. And so I go through all of these different steps where I use martial arts as sort of a metaphor for how do you bounce back when life does derail you, when it kicks your legs out from under you, whether it's, you know, divorce or some other kind of loss or some other kind of tragedy. I mean, you don't have to be a martial artist to follow the steps that I that I kind of go through um, to get yourself back up and get yourself back in the ring. Yeah, I love it. So what are some of these metaphors? Yeah, yeah. So the very first one is get in the ring. <laughs> you, you know, being a spectator doesn't get you anywhere. And when you've been sort of kicked out of the ring, when you've had your legs, you know, knocked out from underneath you, um, it's very, very seductive to want to just sit on the sidelines. And one of the things I term it is like it's a vanilla lifestyle. It's beige. It's, you know, it's cheese pizza. It's, it's, it's nothing exciting. But we stop taking risks. And, you know, when we're young and everything is exciting, I mean, think about a baby who's starting to toddle around. And, you know, they were like, put me down. I want to do it myself. And they look for opportunities to learn new things. But when we've gone through something catastrophic in our lives, whether it's young or older, um, we start playing it safe. We stop taking risks. And so the very first step is, you know what? Get in the ring. You don't have to, you don't have to do something big, just get in the ring. But the important thing is that you get in the right ring. And one of the things I talk about is, you know, when we go to tournaments, I know the ring I'm supposed to be in. I mean, I'm a seventh degree black belt, but Whoa. I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not Don't going mess to go <laughs> <laughs> hard fought, I'll tell you, but you know, I don't get into the ring with the heavyweight black belt men. It's not my ring. Right. I know the ring I'm supposed to be in. I get into the ring with the women who are at my weight class at my age division, because that's where I am going to be pushed to do my best. And I'm going to have the greatest opportunity for success and I'm going to learn. But if I'm not in my correct ring, it's never going to be successful. And I talk a lot about, you know, for some of us, we're in the wrong ring and we're in the ring because, you know, maybe that's the ring our parents told us that we were supposed to be in from, you know, a young age, or we've had society push us into that ring. But it's not the right ring for us. And so one of the things that we need to do is we have to really do a lot of self-evaluation. What's my right ring? You know, if I look around and I'm, you know, a CPA and I'm miserable and I realize, you know what, I really should be a painter. Get out of the ring. 
get in the right ring where you can truly succeed. And then the next step is to get prepared. So when I send some of my students out to a tournament and they get into the ring, I don't just throw them out there. They have to have the gear on. They have to have the headgear. They have to have their gloves. They have to have a chest protector. You know, they have to have all the things that are right to get into that ring. And so for me, getting prepared to get back into the ring was I had to go back to school. You know, I had been a straight-A student in high school. I was recruited by colleges all over the country. I knew from my parents education was such a big deal. But, you know, then I dropped out of college as a freshman. I kind of dabbled in school. I went back to San Jose State for a while. I was always going to junior college, you know, taking classes. But when I knew it was time for me to get back in the ring, I knew I have to finish my degree. And so I went to night school and I worked really, really hard to finish that degree. For some of your listeners, it's going to be going back to school. But maybe it's something different. Maybe you're just super stressed out and you just need to chill out and getting prepared for you means signing up for some yoga classes or learning how to meditate or signing up for those pottery classes or getting involved into a group. One of the things that I did when I was going through my second divorce was, um, you know, my ex-husband had, had cheated on me numerous times and I was in counseling and my counselor said, hey, Cindy, I'm, I'm putting together this group of women. There's gonna be six women. It's this 12 week program. I'd really like for you to, to join the group. It's gonna be one night a week. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. No, thank you. The last thing in the world I want to do is sit around with a bunch of women and talk about our cheating husbands. No, thanks. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. This, these are all strong women just like you. This is going to be around identity, reclaiming your life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really don't want to do this. But I said, okay. I will come, but I'm going to come one time. And if I don't like it, I'm out. He said, that's fine. Just come. So I will tell you that that was 10 years ago and we still meet every month. Wow. And what I found was this incredible group of women who we have supported each other over the years through divorces, through remarriages, through births, through deaths. I mean, when my mom died 10 years ago, they were there for me. And so maybe that's part of getting prepared is finding that group of people. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be one person who can really, really support you and, and help you be prepared. Mm, I love it. Love the, it. the next step is getting comfortable with punches. I tell a story of, I had these two sisters who uh, started with me years and years ago. Now they're both black belts, but at the time, these two little girls, and they were so excited to start sparring. And I don't let my students spar right off the bat. You have to be, you know, several belts into it before you get to start sparring. And their dad was really stressed out about them sparring. And he said, you know, Cindy, can they get hurt? Can they get punched in the face? And, and I'm saying, well, yeah, of course, this is martial arts, you know, this is a knitting class. But the girls were super excited. And so they started sparring. And of course, you know, I've got black belts there watching them and everything is safe. But what I found was that they had no problem getting punched. They had problems punching. Mm. And every time they would punch, I would hear this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
And I'm stopping thinking, what is going on here? You know? And so I started really paying attention and I found that it was all my girls. The boys weren't doing it. The girls were doing it. They didn't bat an eye when they got hit, but every time they hit, they would say, I'm sorry. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, because we're not socialized to strike back, whether it's actually physically or verbally or emotionally in any way. We're socialized to take the punch. Mm. So what I found was I had to sit down with my girls and say, okay, we're not doing this. You are okay. If you hit and you feel like you hit too hard, and that happens sometimes, you're welcome to say, are you okay? But I don't want to hear, I'm sorry. And I gave them a couple of weeks to do it. Well, they were still doing it. So finally, I got to the point where I said, if I hear the words, I'm sorry, you're doing push-ups. And I had to just break them of this, of this I'm sorry business. And so what I have found, and I use this with my leadership clients, the same thing. As women, we are not socialized to fight back. And so I work with women on how do you do that in a way that's not aggressive, that's not, you know, bitchy, that's not, you know, a terrible thing that is inauthentic for you. But how do you fight back in a way that's really authentic to you and your your morals and your character and your values? And so that's the fourth step in the book. The next one is don't fight mad. And in this, it can be anger, but it can also be any negative emotion. It can be a lack of forgiveness. It can be shame. It can be guilt. It can be remorse. It can be any of those negative emotions that, that don't permit us to fight intelligently. And I go back to what my instructor said. When you fight mad, you don't see what's coming and you miss opportunities. Mm. And so it's really key for us to learn how to fight in a way that is affirming and is genuine. Mm. Then I talk about mix it up. And again, going back to martial arts, I, I had a student years ago who was really funny who was so excited to go to his first tournament. And so we get to the first tournament, and I think he was about 11 years old, and he gets into the ring, and he's just getting scored on and scored on and scored on. And I can see he's getting really discouraged because the other kid is beating him. So we call timeout, and I, and I pull him over. It's like, you know, Keep your hands up. Keep in there. This is your first tournament. You're doing great. So he gets back in the ring, and he throws a cross-step axe kick, and he scores. And in our tournaments, a kick gets you two points. So he just lights up. And so he continues to throw axe kicks and axe kicks, and he's scoring. And I'm telling him, okay, try something else. Throw punches, throw a roundhouse kick, but no, axe kick, axe kick, axe kick. Well, unfortunately, in this situation, he actually wins the match. So he's convinced that axe kicks are the only way to win in a tournament. And so we come back to the studio the following week during practice, everything's axe kicks. And I'm telling him, you know, you have this whole toolbox of other things that you can use. Well, you know, in our lives, we get really used to doing the same thing. We do the same thing over and over and over, whether it works or not. 
you have to mix it up. You have to find other techniques. So if, you know, being, uh, being the smartest kid in the room works for you most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't, you have to find a different way. Are there different methods that you can use that you can get success whether it's in relationships or it's in business, there are other things that you can do. Yes. And then the, the last, the last uh, uh, tip I have in the book is listen to your coach. And I talk about there, I had a student who, an adult student, we trained and we trained, we get to a, a tournament and she gets into the thing and she's not listening to a word I'm saying. She's just doing whatever. And I'm shouting from the sidelines, telling her what techniques to throw. She's not listening to a word. Until you can do it yourself, you have to listen to your coach. So what does that mean for real life? You have to have somebody who believes in you, even when you don't believe in yourself. Somebody who sees the good in you, who understands what you're capable of. And you have to listen. You can't just ignore those people. There will become a time when you're strong enough and you're capable enough that you aren't going to need to have that person in your corner, you know, pumping you up. But until you get to that point, you have to find that person. And it doesn't have to be 10 people but find one person who's always going to be in your corner. And that doesn't mean somebody who's going to just, you know, tell you you're fabulous all the time and not tell you the truth because that's inauthentic. You right. need somebody who's going to tell you, Hey, you know what? That was dumb. <laughs> Don't do that again. Or that was fantastic. Let's try that again. Or I believe in you. I know you're more than you think you are. And I know you're really down on yourself right now, but listen to me. You are stronger than you know. You are smarter than you give yourself credit for. Come on, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Find that person. And then I really wrap up the book with, you know, once you get to the point where you have found your ring, you've gotten prepared, you're, you're seeing success. Now, you know what? Don't take those lessons and just put them on the shelf. You need to share those lessons with someone else because there's another woman out there who's a few steps behind you and she needs a little encouragement and she needs that help. So as we go through life and as we have that success, it is absolutely, I believe with all my heart, it's for the reason I wrote this book. It is imperative that we share those lessons with somebody else, whether that's with a younger woman, whether that's with a daughter, whether that's with an older woman who's in the middle of, you know, trauma. She's, you know, 60 years old. And she's just got divorced after 30 years of marriage and has no idea what to do with her life. There are women everywhere who need to hear your story. And it's really imperative on us to share those stories with grace. Yes. Wow. We are going to take a quick break from today's interview because I am so excited to tell you about a new program that I've just rolled out. It includes two group coaching calls each month to help you create the lasting happiness you so desire. It's only a $50 a month investment in yourself and you are worth it. So visit www.sandyscarlotta.com slash courses to sign up. I hope you enjoy the rest of today's interview. That was really, I love, I love how you used 
your experience and, you know, with martial arts. And yeah. it's, I mean, you're saying everything that, that like I talk about in my book, but it's just a different package. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you know, you don't have to be a martial artist for this to make sense right. to you. Yeah. Of course not. Of course not. I yeah. love it. Wow. And, and, and the whole getting comfortable with the punches like that. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's really something. You know, I got a chance to do um, uh, an interview with, uh, there's a, a group in out of San Diego that's um, all paralegals. And I was talking with a woman there and she was telling me how paralegals, generally speaking, are working with these really high powered attorneys and frequently are not treated as well as they should be, you know, even though they have a lot of education and a lot of ability and are frequently doing a lot of the stuff that the attorneys, you know, maybe don't want to do. And then they're going and arguing the cases, but the, the paralegals are doing tons of work, but they're in sort of a one down position with, with attorneys. And she was telling me, you know, they really need to hear that part of your book. So we did an entire um, meeting around just getting comfortable with punches and how do you speak up for yourself without having to be angry, without having to be confrontational? How can you be just very matter of fact about it? You have to be able to say, this is how I want to be treated without having to rage or, you know, cry or anything like that. You know, if I tell you, hey, Sandy, you know what? I'm 60 years old. I got green eyes. I can say that all day, right? That's just a matter of fact. Well, I should also be able to say, you know, the way you spoke to me in that meeting, I don't appreciate that. And I'm sorry, if that's the way that it's going to be going forward, then we need to stop working together right. and, and, and not, and not have to, you know, get all bent out of shape. I should be able to say it just as matter of factly. Well, exactly. And I'm just thinking that, you know, depending on who you're speaking to, some people tend to get on the defense regardless, and that doesn't yes. matter. What matters is, is that you're speaking your truth and you're sticking up for yourself. And by doing that, you're showing yourself self-love. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the truth of the matter is there's lots of people out there who have lousy boundaries. And if they don't have good boundaries, they're not going to respect yours. You have to respect your own boundaries. There's nobody who's going to do it for you. Exactly. Oh my gosh, Cindy, this has just been incredible. So I, you know, we, we didn't really talk too much about your your level of black belt, but you did say you're a seventh degree black belt. Now, I am. at what age did you achieve that level? Well, this is great. So, you know, I teach students here who start at, at four years old. I did not start martial arts until I was 32. And like I said, I started because my kids were doing it. It was something fun to do with them. I would go and watch them. And there was one instructor there who would come over and she'd say, you know, you want to get out here. You know, you want to do this. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'm too old or I'm too whatever. But I did. I started it and never in a million years thought about getting a black belt or owning a school. But, you know, once I got into it, it was just so empowering and so fabulous. And so I have passed up all my kids. Um, my All three of my boys are black belts. I have one first degree, one second degree, and one third degree. But I just kept going and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I will say one really lovely, wonderful thing happened to me in 2020. 
Um, once you get to fourth degree in the organization I'm with, which is all over the country, it's the Ernie Reyes West Coast World Martial Arts Association. There's like 40 something schools around the country. Only five of us are women owned, by the way. So that's wow. kind of exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, in 2020 was um, a mastery test. So once you're at fourth degree, you're considered a master instructor and you only test every four years. And so I had tested for my sixth degree in 2016, and I had gotten the best tester award. I got the most fit in my age group, the whole shebang. So I was ready for 2020. I was going to be testing for my seventh degree black belt. Well, I have a congenital problem with my joints, and I had really severe arthritis in my shoulders. And so I had been to the surgeon and he said, look, Cindy, both of these have got to go, you know, you're bone on bone. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going to do them at the same time and to do one at a time. And I said, okay, well, look, and this was September of 2019. And I said, look, I have a black belt test next summer. After that, you can cut my arms off. I don't care, but <laughs> I have to get through this mastery test. And so I decided I was going to wait. Well, about a month later, I was on business. I was in San Francisco, and I was had some time to kill before I went to the airport, and I was shopping at Nordstrom and put on this top, and I decided I didn't like it. I went to take the top off, and I couldn't get it off. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not calling someone in here to help me take this thing off, and it took me 10 minutes to wriggle out of this top. And I thought, okay, if I cannot even get undressed, there is no possible way I am going through a six-day mastery test. It's not going to happen. So I called Grandmaster Reyes, and I and I told him, you know what, sir, I just I can't do it. I've got to have this surgery, and I'm bawling, you know, and it's like, you know, terrible, terrible. It's a big deal. So, so I missed my test. And, um, and of course it ended up being COVID and it ended up being, we did a bunch of stuff on zoom because ordinarily we would fly to California for the test, but I had nine testers here in Austin and I just poured myself into their test to make sure that it was a really amazing thing. And so we, you know, did six days and, you know, they had to camp outside and they had to eat rice cakes and drink water, you know, like we would do at a normal mastery test. And so had my surgery, and then after that, a few months later, we had a national tournament, and we did it all on Zoom. And so I competed, because I don't ask my students to do things I'm not doing, so I competed in my division, and, um, and I won. And that afternoon, I was driving someplace, and I got a phone call from Grandmaster Reyes, and he said, Cindy, I, I just have to tell you, I'm so proud of you to see, you know, you're just the bionic woman. You've come back from this surgery. You looked fantastic. You really surprised me. And he said, you know, the leadership that you've shown over the last year, he said, I never do this. I am promoting you to seventh degree with your peers. Aww. And so I, I mean, I just, it was I'm, it, I, it, you can tell, I mean, words, I didn't even have words for it. It was such an amazing thing. And I was so incredibly grateful. Um, yeah. So that's how I got my seventh degree. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm inspired for sure. Oh, thanks. Well, Cindy, this has been so great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? 
I would just like to say I would absolutely love it if you would come to my website. I'm at cindyvianueva.com. I'm sure it'll be in your show notes. Yep. <laughs> and you can uh, you can get the book Don't Fight Mad: A Black Belt's Quest to Recapture Joy. It's available on Kindle on Amazon as well as paperback on Amazon. You can get the hardbound at Barnes and Noble, and it's also on Audible. Uh, I was really excited to do the narration for the audiobook. My my brother is a voiceover actor, and when he read the book, he said, "Sis, you've got to do an audiobook." And he has a studio in his home, so I went out to California and we recorded the the audiobook, which you can get on Audible or a lot of other uh, places that you can find on my website. Uh, but I would love to stay in touch with your listeners, and I would also be delighted to give a signed copy of the book and the companion journal um, to any reader that you want to select somebody uh, who is one of your listeners. All right. That sounds amazing. Yes, we'll definitely, definitely look into that. Oh, Cindy, thank you so much. You just offered so many amazing life lessons and skills that people can, can learn from. So thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sandy. Absolutely. Take care. Well, I have to say I am incredibly impressed with Cindy and everything that she has accomplished. Um, Seventh degree black belt. Whoa, that's incredible. So Cindy would like to send one of the listeners an autographed copy of her book. So if you would like to be considered for that, please email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com and put in the reference line, don't fight mad. And I will do a drawing and uh, make sure you send me your contact information and we will get that book to you. So you can uh, visit Cindy's website, cindyviannueva.com and that will be in the show notes. Her book can be purchased on Amazon in all the different formats, which is great. So please check that out. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. My website is sandyscarlotta.com. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. Please subscribe to this and leave me a review. If you like the content I'm presenting, please leave me a review. That would be so much appreciated. So again, thank you for listening. I hope that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.